In this week's episode, we're going to talk about how to create a strategy for your team. I'm going to walk you through six specific steps to come up with a really good strategy for 2022. We're going to also talk about two things to pay close attention to in this process and as you execute your strategy. And then last but not least, we're going to talk about a few common issues that get in the way of executing strategies successfully. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast. As I'm recording this, it's Monday morning, um, and I do not feel rested from the weekend. We had pretty heavy rainfall over the weekend and we redid our patio this spring to prevent flooding because last year when it was raining water was pretty darn close to coming into our house and so we got the patio redone and they installed drainage and all that and so I felt pretty confident this year going into the rainy season which kind of just lasts a week or so but that didn't quite pan out as I expected it to. Uh, We actually had water come into the office that I'm sitting in right now and I was drenching towels and then buying place in to fill that into Ziploc bags and getting brick stones and who knows what last minute that was available at the building supply store because of course I was the last one who thought about preparing because I didn't expect it but that goes back to the point of prepare for worst case scenarios I did not do a good job when it came to this little storm so today I'm cleaning up I'm doing a lot of laundry I'm washing. I have cleaning people come in to clean the house, which I feel really good about. And then after they're done, we're going to clean up the backyard because everything was floating and swimming and falling over branches and trees and lots of leaves and stuff everywhere. So we'll get that fixed once my kids come home. But with that said, I hope you had a more relaxing weekend in that you're doing well. Today, I want to talk about strategic planning and how to develop a strategy for your team. Kind of shocking statistics when it comes to strategic planning. According to a study that was published in HBR, our Harvard Business Review, 96% of leaders lack the time for strategic thinking and 43% of managers cannot state their own strategy. My friend, you as a listener of the Manager Track podcast, I encourage and call on you to be within the 4% of leaders who make time for strategic planning and among the 57% who know their own strategy. 
at least next year. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. But that first statistic around the 96% of leaders who lack time for strategic thinking, this is really important. Evidence and research and even tons and tons of examples, real life examples from my coaching experience with leaders and also from all my colleagues who coach leaders. One of the biggest factor to people's success is carving out the time to do higher level thinking. Being in a coaching conversation is actually one of them because it allows you to take a step back to look at what's really driving, what's currently going on, what needs to happen next and um, so forth. And so that's a great first step if you're in a coaching engagement. And a big part of why coaching is so effective. But it doesn't just have to be coaching. You also want to make time, not just for your strategic projects and execution of that, but really to just sit back and reflect on what's going on and plan ahead and prepare and prepare for worst case scenarios like water coming into your office. Side note. But those are the things that if you calm down, slow down, pause, reflect, you'll be so much more effective. And yet, because it goes against our inner drive for quick results and wins and getting stuff off our to-do list and for us to feel like we're being productive, sitting back, stepping back and thinking doesn't feel productive. Yet it's sitting with that discomfort, knowing that you're investing your time wisely and making that shift is huge and it will help you elevate your leadership. And it's the thing that will set you apart because your ideas will be more creative, innovative. You'll be able to see things from different perspective. You will be able to communicate, resolve conflict easier and so much more. There are two resources that I want to share with you and I'm going to put them into the show notes. If you, uh, find this intriguing, but you're having a hard time making time in your calendar for strategic thinking. And if that's the case, remember, you're not alone. Vast majority of leaders are beat you on this. But two great books that I find really helpful for this is number one, The Pause Principle by Kevin Cushman. And number two, Thinking Fast and Slow by Danielle Kinnaman. Both of them will show you how through the pause and through the stepping back and seeing the big picture, you actually move from being transactional to being transformational. And if you're a new manager and then moving into a mid-level manager, wherever you are on that journey, the more time you carve out for this kind of activity, especially as we move closer to year end, the more effective you'll be in your leadership because you're moving away from being all transactional to being transformational. So think about it as 100% transactional first and 0% transformational. You want to shift that gradually to be less transactional to 90, 80, 70. And on the other hand, move up the transformational aspect of your leadership. And you do this by slowing down, reflecting, looking at the big picture, thinking strategically. Now, this particular topic of planning a strategy is relevant for many of my clients as we're moving into the last couple of months of the year, which is why I wanted to record this episode now and release it that first week of November as you're likely moving into a budgeting conversation and you need to set goals and priorities for 2022. So I hope this episode is going to be really helpful for you in that process. I'm going to walk you through six specific steps to take in order to come up with a really good strategy. And then we're going to talk about a couple additional items that are important and a few pitfalls. So I'm going to make sure that you avoid them in the process. So 
Let's look at the six steps here. The first step is actually to do a really good review of your 20 21 strategy and I actually would encourage you not to do this by yourself but to do this in a team setting so invite people on your team uh, to a meeting and then look at any strategic documents that you created or anything even if you don't have a strategic document just look and reflect back at the main initiatives and things that you've accomplished and then ask the following questions which parts of the strategy worked well which parts of the execution worked well which parts of the strategy did not work well and which parts of the execution of such strategy did not work well. And what are you learning? It is really important to look back first before we set a new strategy into the next year because that's the way we we learn, especially as we learn from failures and challenges and changes that have come up throughout the year. And we definitely had plenty of those in the last couple of years. So have that review conversation and then moving into step number two, this is when you start gathering more information, less about what happened in the past, more about current data and future outlook. And the way to do this is not only through doing analysis of any data that you have available and looking at maybe research in your field, looking at what competitors are doing or maybe planning or have done that you should be or want to be inspired by but also by having conversations. It's usually those peer-to-peer conversations or even your boss's peers to figure out what is important to them, what do they intend to tackle in 2022, what is leadership overall thinking about where the company is heading and what's going to be strategically more important. Now, of course, maybe they haven't decided yet, but through conversations, you will gather information that will be helpful for you to look at and to bring into this conversation and into this process. So even if you're busy with your end stuff, make sure that you spend time with relevant stakeholders in your organization to see where they're at, what are their reflections of the year so far, and what are they projecting and looking for or prioritizing going forward. That is step number two. Step number three is now to actually perform a SWOT analysis for your team. So look at strength on your team. Look at potential weaknesses. Maybe are you missing any resources? Are you, I mean, short-staffed? Is there a risk that people will jump ship? And maybe a key person on your team seems to be a little disengaged? Or are you worried that they, in this process of war for talent and great resignation, that they may go elsewhere? And then what would happen to your team in the execution of the strategy that you put in place? As well as what are potential weaknesses and risks in, in regard to processes or priorities or even technology and so forth. At the same time, now externally facing, what are opportunities that you see in your field, in the, in the industry, in the specific profession that you're in, and what are threats? This could be through a technological shift. It could be through impacts in, in other circumstances and moving hybrid and moving, for example, moving to a hybrid work setup. It could be, and we talked about this last week, what if vaccination mandates come into play and then how is that going to affect how the team works and even the team setup? So look at internally within the team strengths and weaknesses, as well as externally facing opportunities and threats in the market, look at competitors, look at industry trends, look at the organization as well and where your team sits within the department. 
That is step number three. If you want to look at what are some of the questions to ask for a SWOT analysis like this, then click the link in the show notes to download the new manager toolkit. In that toolkit, I've included a SWOT analysis in addition to many other things that will help new managers be successful. Grab that SWOT analysis and let that inform or inspire you to do your own. Just like with the review of the strategy, this should also be a collaborative process. So don't feel like you need to, or even if you want to do this alone, it's important to collaborate with your boss, with peers, as well as with your team to ask these questions and get answers to those questions. The more you include them, the more they feel a part of it, the more they will feel engaged in executing and committed to executing the strategy, as well as you helping them learn and see things from a bigger perspective. They, you help them see how their role fits into the bigger strategy and maybe even why you've made in the past or won't be making certain decisions in the future because they understand the bigger picture. So involve other people. This is very collaborative. Step number four is to review all those inputs. So review the inputs from the SWOT analysis. Put that all down in one single document or whiteboard it or, or mind map in whatever your preference or your uh, company's tools are. But collect all the inputs, have it all in one place. Now at that point, as you're reviewing inputs, here's what I recommend you consider. And that is to define strategic filters that will help you evaluate whether or not an idea should be pursued any further. There are hard strategic filters, means it's a yes or a no. For example, is it within the financial budget? If it takes more than what you have available, it might be a clear no and you won't pursue it. It's a yes or no. And then there are soft strategic filters and those strategic filters, you would assign a low, a medium or a high to whatever you're evaluating. So for example, could be potential financial returns, low, medium, high. Does it meet the customer needs? Um, or does it differentiate you from the competitors? Low, medium, high. What are risks or expenses? Low, medium, high, and, and so forth. So as you're gathering inputs and as you're working with all this information, think about what are the strategic filters here that you actually want to consider in order to then crystallize and define your strategy for this coming year. So this is really the key and the core of it all. So bread and butter of strategic planning is gather all the inputs, apply strategic filters, do this in a collaborative way. Even coming up with the strategic filters could be a collaborative step with your team or with your boss. Then run these ideas and considerations through the filters so that you can come to and crystallize what is it that you really want to focus on? What are you going to pursue? And then later on also how you're going to get there. And that brings us to step number five, which is to actually define the strategy. And that means to sharpen and to hone it in so that you can actually remember your strategy for the coming year and you could easily answer that question. That would get you into that 57% of managers who can recall their strategy. If you make it too complicated or too complex, not only will it be hard for you to remember, it'll be hard for everyone else on the team to remember. And it's very easy to deviate from it because it's too complex and there's always too many angles and it will just be sort of a thing on paper 
but then it's not applicable and won't be consulted throughout the year. So defining a strategy, hone it in, really crystallizing it and sharpen that strategy. And of course, again, this is not all on you. This has to be collaborative. And of course, you want to make sure that you're respecting decision authority here. So if your boss, for example, wants to sign off on your strategy, wants to have a say, wants to have veto rights, want to be really deeply involved in it. Make sure that you check on that ahead of time and you involve them to the way that they want to be involved. And that then before you actually completely define and then communicate your strategy over the next few months that you have consulted and involved all the relevant people. And then the last step when it comes to execution is to review the strategy and all the goals and objectives that go along with it on at least a monthly basis. Yeah, that strategic document that's planning out a year and then trying to just follow through, you know, that seems like something only exists in an in a educational book not real life. In real life, you have to look at the strategy, adapt, pivot, change on an ongoing basis. And that's actually what I think is the fun of it. It is also why you need to block out strategic thinking time, not just at year end, but on an ongoing basis so that you pull up your strategy and you see where do you need to make changes and how do you need to pivot in order to meet the needs in the moment and to set yourself up for a successful year exceeding expectations. So these are the the six steps. Let me quickly recap. Step number one is to review the past 11 or 12 months of your strategy and to ask some critical questions to learn as much from it as possible. Step number two is to gather more inputs. Step number three is to perform a SWOT analysis. Step number four is to review the inputs collaboratively. And step number five is to ultimately crystallize and define the strategy. Step number six is the ongoing review, at least on a monthly basis. And I hope you heard my puppy support here in the background as well as I was going through the six steps. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one is the mindset around failure. If you worry too much about failing and you're very risk averse, you might miss out on opportunities along the way. So the idea of trying something and then failing, it doesn't mean it's a complete setback, right? It is a setup. You will learn even if you didn't accomplish your goals. You will have more information. You will know something you didn't know before. And you will have tried in the process, grown and gotten better at this one thing. So looking at ways to balance the risks that you're taking in your initiatives is important and to get on board and demonstrate your team that failure along the way is inherently part of long-term success. And to keep in one sentence, setbacks are setups. So that's a really important um, attitude around strategic planning and thinking to keep in mind. And the second important aspect to consider in this whole process is alignment. I mentioned the uh, the importance of collaboration a bunch already. And collaboration just brings people along. And the more that they're in, invested and involved in the process, the more they'll be invested and engaged and committed to the execution. But alignment also means to make sure that you're aligned with your boss's strategy. You're aligned with the company's strategy. And to make sure that you're creating this alignment by communicating transparently, communicating frequently, by adapting and pivoting. Let's say for your company, you don't know the strategy yet. Get the process going and then keep communicating and keep 
adjusting and adapting based on the information that you get from above. Just don't wait and sit back and wait for the company to come up with a strategy or your department to come up with a strategy before you even lift a finger. You can get started with the review. You can get started with gathering inputs. You can get started with the SWOT analysis and reviewing inputs all along. And then as you do so, you're looking for alignment and, and you take that into consideration in the process. The second aspect of alignment is actually that the strategy that you define, then also in the alliance with how your team members are incentivized. Let's say you're in a revenue team and your strategy has to do with expansion with the existing customers, but your compensation and incentives are still so that gaining new customers is getting rewarded or compensated higher than expanding existing customers. There's a clear misalignment. So you want to make sure that in terms of the processes that your team's running, in terms of the incentives, the priorities, even the values and the goals, that the alignment is there. There's nothing worse than having a strategy that sounds really good on paper, but contradicts what's actually, actually happened in real life day in and day out. And people will start feeling resentful to having invested all this time and coming up with strategy. They may get frustrated along the way because it's conflicting what they're already doing or their priorities and things that already have on their plate. So be mindful of this and even ch- and check in and, and ask people, how aligned is this with what you're currently doing? How aligned is this with the goals that you have set? How do we create better alignment? What do we need to shift in order to create that alignment? Good. Okay. The mindset around failure and looking at setbacks as setups and then creating alignment. Those are two important things to consider all along those sec- six steps that we talked about earlier. Now, I also promised before we wrap up to talk about some common issues around strategic planning. So I'm going to list four of them, which are most common for new frontline and mid-level managers. Number one is overestimating capabilities. So sometimes we get super ambitious. I do that too. (laughs) I think all the things that I can make. And I forget that there's a steep learning curve involved. I sometimes also overcome it, right? So I think I can do more than what I actually have time for. And so having a really honest look at what are the capabilities and are we set up to succeed with this strategy? The second one is, and it's hand in hand with that first one, is to if you're missing people or you got the wrong people on the bus. If there's someone who you know you wouldn't hire them again if you had to make that decision today. If there's someone on there who's holding a team back or is having a really hard time with the change and looking optimistically into the future or is just in the wrong position, this is a moment in time where you have to make a decision on what you're going to do. Um, Are you going to adapt the role? Are you going to help them grow if you see the potential? Are you going to transfer them into a different role or make a transfer into a different team? Or are you going to let them go and have that conversation early on? If you see there's a mismatch between what you're trying to achieve and who's currently in the role, this is something you got to consider in the process as well. It's uncomfortable and it's hard, but it's part of the responsibility you have as a leader. The third one is to get distracted by new ideas. Yeah, it's way easier to say yes than it is to say no. When we're executing a strategy and we have new ideas, what else we could, and you see a competitor doing something that you find really interesting, go back and look at the strategy. Is you shifting to this new idea worth it? 
or would it be equal or more worth to continue to focus on your predefined strategy? So being mindful of how much do you deviate. It's, I'm all about adapting and changing and pivoting. But sometimes we do it a little bit too easily without enough reflection and consideration and collaboration in the process and alignment. Again, it can easily derail your progress. And then that's one of the ways why people don't know their strategy because they've pivoted so much and gone left and right along the way that now there's really no strategy in place. It's just constant change and reacting to circumstances or new ideas that come up. And then the fourth and last common mistake that you want to avoid is not making tough decisions. So sometimes, especially when we think of sunk costs, it can be quite tough to discontinue a project or to reduce resources allocated to a certain initiative. When that's something that maybe is dear to your heart, it feels like, oh my gosh, this is my baby. I've invested so much time in this. We have to bring this across the finish line. Other people are counting on it. But this is when you want to make decisions out of the now, not the past. Let sunk costs be sunk costs. Today, as of right now, would you put this on the strategic plan? Would you allocate these resources to it? Yes or no? And sometimes you as a leader, you have to make tough decisions. Also part of the job. And especially if you are someone who has a tendency to people please. And you know that if you take this project away or if you discontinue this initiative, someone's going to be really upset and frustrated with you. Then that might be a really hard thing for you to do. But it is so necessary. So I want to encourage you to look closely at, do you have the right people in place? Do you have the right capabilities and resources? And make the tough decisions when called for. Okay, that wraps up this week's episode on how to create a strategy for your team. We talked about the six steps. We talked about the two things to keep in mind all along. And then we talked about a few common mistakes to pay attention to. If you find this helpful and valuable, please pass it along to anyone else, a colleague, a coworker, a friend who should hear this too, because you think that would help them with developing strategic plans. And if you want to take it a step further, if you leave a review on your podcast platform, that would be amazing too. The more reviews uh, this show has, the more reach we'll get, the more uh, value I can provide to managers and leaders and organizations to help them be set up for success and lead their teams with confidence and competence. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Bye for now. If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.